just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you're all having a great day. This is one of those special shows where we uh, invite a listener of the Rational Boomer Podcast. And on today's show, we have Trevor from the West Coast. Hello, Trevor. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. So, Trevor, um, you're you're a listener to Rational Boomer Podcast. What what drew you to listen to the podcast? Well, I was going through TikTok like I always do after work or when I'm laying on my bed. And I saw like one of your videos. I forgot the title of it, but I saw your face and you were talking about politics. And I was like, okay, I love politics. And, and I, I, I was like, like scared about what was going to happen two years ago with the presidential election and everything. And I, I was like, I saw your podcast on Spotify and I got into like podcasts. I think a couple of months ago. Okay. And then I just joined, and I just joined our community. I was like, heck, why not? I'll join the Rational Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. What, 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 how old a guy are you? I'm 33. My birthday was like uh, the 27th of June. So I, I, I unfortunately had to work on my birthday. And then I, that same weekend, I was like, I'll just celebrate my own birthday by myself. Yeah, yeah. well, and not some well, friends and family. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting that uh, you're of that age. We've had a few people on the show, and I know listeners of your age. And and frankly, you're about the age of my uh, oldest son. So it's intriguing. Oh. You know, we're talking about the rational boomer, but you are in fact a millennial. And uh, yeah. here you join us on the Rational Boomer podcast. Is is that kind of why you got into this podcast? Is is your fears for the future? I mean, I think they're justified, but is is that part of it? Yeah, I yeah, like I am always queuing up my, myself up to date with the news and everything. Like, especially with how our world is right now, with everything going on, especially like prices going up, but gas prices are somewhat kind of going down, and we're kind of getting out of this pandemic. After two years of lockdown and wearing masks and everything, so, but like I'm, I'm just gone. Sorry. Well, no, you, 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 you're talking about the inflation and the gas prices and all that sort of stuff. Um, I talk to millennials, and millennials will often look at boomers as bad. And and one of the reasons I did the Rational Boomer podcast and the TikToks is to show that not all boomers are bad. Some of them have some common sense and are concerned about people as opposed to just themselves. Um, where you're living out in uh, out on the West Coast, how is all of this impacting you, the the inflation and the gas prices and stuff? It, is it having a serious effect on you? Uh, not both. I, my mom, I live with my parents for the time being until I get my own place, but like my mom always wants me to go grocery shopping at our local grocery store, which is called Winko Foods. It's like a franchise, like on the 
I believe the West Coast. I don't know if it's similar to where you live, Mike. But uh, yeah, it's the food prices and grocery store prices are pretty affordable. But I'm sure food prices have like gone up ever since <laughs> the yeah. war in Ukraine and everything. So right, like, exactly. gas price. But gas prices, I like. I carpool with my dad to work because of whatever. But I drive my car whenever I have to go to a certain like gathering or pick, uh, hang out with my friend. And I was like, when when I saw it was reaching through five dollars, like, okay, I just changed my driving habits and. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 got to be tougher for younger people that aren't you know making as much money as they they will ultimately make or want to make. It is making life more difficult. Let me ask you a question, Trevor. Prior to 2016, when Donald Trump was elected president, were you much involved in politics? Did you pay much attention to politics? Oh yeah, I was just so scared. Like, like, but the only thing that got me off of like. I didn't want to watch him on the on the news or watch his rallies. Only I watched like uh, three late night show hosts: uh, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, James Corbin. And like I, they were all on like YouTube, and I just watched them. And then they gave their own perspective of what's happening in the news around the country and this. 45 i don't want to say his name anymore and then like what released like like during the 2020 presidential election like during like the election day in november mm-hmm. oh my god i i was like so scared like i didn't know who was going to be elected president either trump or joe biden like i was i was at home playing games and with my friend online and my friend's roommate was in the background just hanging out. We were, all, we were all having a good time chatting together, and there was a bunch of good vibes. And I was uh, also watching the, the election results, and I know there were, like, a bunch of, like, like people, like, lining up at the like, countries all around the world, the election ballot offices, and, and like, I was, like, crying a lot because I, I was just so scared. And like I, I cry myself to sleep that night, and then I, I, I just pray to God that Joe Biden would be elected president. And on that Saturday, like America was saved, and then Joe Biden was elected president. I was like, let, let, hey, let, 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 me, let me let me ask you this: um, mm-hmm. on the 2020 election night, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. A lot of people kept telling me, oh, Donald Trump's going to win. Donald Trump's going to win. And I told them that's not going to happen. And of course, it didn't happen. But what is the thing that scared you the most at the prospect of Donald Trump winning that election? What would what scares you the most about had he been able to go another four years? Like with like, well, I live in Portland and Portland was in around the national news because of all the protests. For like the Black Lives Matter, and there was a bunch of looting. There was a bunch of rioting, and there was like there's like police and protests like clashing together, and there was a bunch of fighting. And how this how like like how 
his way of like speaking in terms of like racism because I experienced racism, Mike, in like when I was in high school. I was okay. I was bullied. I was uh, taunted by two boys who told me to go to like uh, pleasure myself at home, and they called me the N word, and I was called Jap which I'm not Japanese, I'm Chinese, by the way, but I the same, but like, I, I never, I, uh, I mean, I experienced discrimination my entire life. And when he said, oh, Asian hate, Asian hate, Asian hate, or Asians are the main cause of the coronavirus right. to the United States. And it was like, I had to take a stand on an Asian hate, I had a protest. Well, I had a silently protest with like some local people in my neighborhood and I protested with the mayor of uh, I, a, a small town in Portland called Lake Oswego. So like, I wanted to support my, my heritage. I wanted to support my culture. I wanted to support my people. And like, well, I just can't. Well, it's interesting that you should, no, that's right. It, it's interesting that you brought that up. I, I didn't know your race because it really doesn't matter in the podcast. But now that you bring it up, that you're on the West Coast and uh, you're of Asian descent, um, and you talked about being bully and and experiencing racism, did it really heat up after after COVID came about? You know, we heard this a lot and I'm, you know, I'm a big, dumb white guy, so I don't, I, I don't. Yeah. see it as much as maybe you would did you see it ramp up after after covid hit yeah because i uh i saw a bunch of news stories of asian people being attacked in california like seattle on mainly on the west coast of the united states but i don't know if it happened in your area or other, other parts of the country but like People like were attacking like elderly people, Chinese, like Asian people, and then they were attacking like adult, like grown ups, and all because they the Trump effects <laughs> think that oh, the Chinese people brought the coronavirus from China to the United States. Let's hate this place, all this Asian hate on them and attack them and like call them like all these like extremely on like extremely inappropriate like names you, uh, you, like uh you you said you experienced some bullying um and i know yeah, how I, tra- I know how traumatic that can be um how were you able to get beyond that how, how were you able to put that behind you because you really have to in order to go on in life and i know it's difficult after experiencing some of the things you did oh well, with bullying like i I had like three choices before. Well, um, I I live in a predominantly white neighborhood of okay. Poland, Oregon, and I went to a predominantly white, all white school, like high school, so to speak. And like, I have a disability called ADHD. So. Okay. When I, when me and my parents went to the school board just to discuss my disability and my accommodations and whatever, like the school board, Mike, they call me mentally retarded. And oh, wow. that, that, Mike, 
that traumatized my mom because my mom and my parents, I love them to death. They supported me my entire life and they helped me through like good times and dark times and bad times and whatever. That really hit my mom. She started crying and like, like, but the bullying, like, like I, I didn't feel like I belonged. Because I had so much demons. I had so many, like, people that didn't respect me for who I am. They didn't respect my identity. They didn't respect my heritage. They didn't respect my culture. They didn't respect my persona. Like, so, I there was, like, uh, military, like, recruitments coming to the high school to recruit students who could join the military. I was this close to my from dropping out of high school and joining the military or dropping out of high school or moving out of Oregon or ending my life. But like I, I sat in my lunch cafeteria one day, I forgot what day of the week it was, but what doesn't matter right now. And I was eating, uh, I can't talk right now. As I was eating my lunch, there was this redhead uh, guy like sitting like, uh, two tables away from me. There was a big round, uh, big round tables for like that could fit like five or ten people or more for mm-hmm. lunch and whatever. So he he used his finger to like uh put like gather like tell me Trevor come over come over here. So I came over here and I asked him like, can I join can I join your group? And he said yes. And there were a uh, like a gothic kind of geeky nerdy uh, video game addict group. So I joined them, but I didn't perceive myself. I didn't want to like be all gothic looking. I wanted to like join their social group, so to speak. And you wanted friends. You wanted a group to hang out with. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted like a social body that can actually respect me and like be friendly and whatever. So that was the only sign of relief. And when that happened, I just forgot what happened in the previous years. Okay. It was like, yeah. And I had, I was able to like report the people that harmed me to the upper management. Like I reported two boys to the vice principal. I reported old Russian dude, teacher that yelled at me in front of the entire class because I didn't sign a contract in pen. So I reported him to the teacher that uh, took me to this community college to learn how to fix cars because I love cars and whatever. So I reported him and then I talked to this uh, special needs teacher about what happened and like, yeah, I just had to take my own stand and in high school and yeah so you so you not so 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 you said it for a while there you didn't feel like you belonged there at all and then when you found the group you 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 finally found some place that you could feel like you belong because you had friends and you had a group and did that help you yeah get along in 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 school yeah it did i was able to like make a name for myself and i I knew the football group. I knew some some hippie friends, and I knew I 
got to know the gothic group, gothic society group. So like I had more, I had like more than enough of friends that I was able to talk to and be like social around with, you know. Okay. And, okay. You adapted. Yeah, you yeah. adapted to whatever was going on, and you know the thing about it is. Yeah, I did. The thing about it is, Trevor, um, it's probably fortunate that you didn't enlist in the military because it wouldn't have been any better. It may have been worse for you in the military, just based on the culture that you'll find in the military. So thankfully, you didn't do that. You got through high school, and you know. Um, what 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 was your plans at that point? What did you want to do? Did you want to go to college, trade school? Do you want to fix cars? What did you want to do? Uh, I I wanted to go to college because I I I I attended this uh, community college that's like five minutes away from my house, and it's called uh, Portland Community College. It's uh-huh. a pretty affordable community college for students like myself who have no idea what they want to learn or what they want to study. So, but this community college, like they have, they have everything that you can uh, study for either architecture, automotive, uh, anything creative, marketing, math, science, uh, you name it. So So what did you do? And the tuition is pretty affordable too. What did you do in that college? What did you take? I just did general studies. Okay. I I just took general studies and I took science and math and writing. And so how did I, I just how, see. how did it go in college as far as you know, did you run into any further bullying in college? No, I didn't. I I I was able to fit in well. I met some some new friends and I was able to like meet some friendly faculty and I gained some help and I was able to like like fit in and I had to make I did mention my disability and I was able to go to uh, the disability resource center for myself to uh, take more time on like midterms and final exams and like uh, exams basically so. Well, and, and that, you know, this is something I told my kids and I've, I've told other kids too is, and I learned this from experience. I was fortunate. You know, every, I think every kid gets bullied to an extent, but some kids like yourself maybe suffer with it more. Um, but people get very emotional and wrapped up with all that went on in high school. They think that's the end all to everything. But in retrospect, when you look back at high school, it really meant nothing. It was a short period of your life. It might have been easy. It might have been rough. But after you're out of there, life is different. Life is. Well, that, I, I think. I, I, I said. I said that 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 ultimately, high school is just a short period of your life, and once you get yeah, out yeah. of there, you got to leave it behind you. You've got to let it go and and uh, you know reinvent yourself and do what you did in uh in in college so now that we know the background a little bit i'm going to ask you this question you said that you were concerned about the prospect of donald trump winning the election in 2020 and you said you were fearful of that did do you think that had anything to do with donald trump's behavior i mean he is a bully in his own right did you just see yeah um, i i i i I, like mike like whatever everything that he's been 
saying in the last four years and during 2016 to 2020, how can any president, how can any sitting president act that way, especially with like country leaders like President Xi in China, Justin Trudeau, and like, and when he was with the Queen in London, like, and how he was acting so immature and like not acting as a leader of our country who we elected to serve and to protect the country, the United States, he was acting just like a child. He was acting like a bully, like you said, and like, I mean, look how many jobs that Joe Biden created and look at how many jobs Trump created. Trump created no jobs and he caused all this stuff to happen. Like, yeah, Donald, uh, Trump, Donald, Donald Trump was the only president in history to leave with fewer jobs than when he came in. He didn't, not, he not only didn't gain jobs, he did, he lost jobs. He was an abject failure. He is immature. He is bully. He's a bully and he's incredibly stupid. Now I kind of understand where you're coming from as far as the fear aspect. I've told people this before as a boomer, I'm 62 years of age. So the future is no longer mine. The future is you, Trevor, and people of your age group, the millennials. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but uh, the millennials are going to be the same. Millennials and Gen Zs, to a certain extent, are going to be the saviors of this country. The era of the old oh, white yeah. man is going by the wayside. So it's going to be on you. Uh, two of my friends, Mike, are going to be teachers. One of them is going to be a science teacher and other my other church friend is going to be a preschool teacher. So like all my other friends are like getting jobs that are going to like hopefully help this country in the long run. And they're, they're fully ready to pursue their own careers or they're, they're ready to start their lives and to pursue what they love. Like, and I'm ready too. like, well, you got you to be, you know, there are 70 million boomers out here, and, and that's why okay. they have control a lot over the election. But what you need to know, there's 70-plus million millennials, too. So if the millennials yeah, yeah, step yeah. up and do what they're supposed to do, they can kind of control what happens in this country. Do you feel like people of your generation are involved enough, pay attention enough to take control, ultimately? Uh, I believe so, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, I think they should take a stand. I mean, I'm clearly you're concerned and interested. Are your friends just as concerned and just as interested? I believe so, yeah. And but one of my other friends doesn't know what he wants to do. He he served in the military and the Air Force, and he was uh, deployed to Afghanistan to work on uh, secret uh, fighter jets, fighter jets. Sorry, and now he just uh, finished the military, and he's living in Tucson with my other friend from college, and he's just wondering what to do with his life right now. But he, he I talked to him, I think it's sometime, and and uh, it was July when I 
I believe I taught him in June or May, and he wanted to learn or he wanted to go to uh, either grad school or get his doctorate in psychology. So, well, you know, I know things are a lot different for millennials than it was for us. I mean, like I say, I'm 62 years old. I got married when I was. Oh 20. Yeah, yeah. I got married when I was 23. I kind of started a career when I was 27, 28. I had a kid at 27. But nowadays it's different. You've got kids in their late 20s, early 30s that are still f- trying to find their way, and it's no fault of their own. Um, maybe it's part yeah. of the fault of their parents because they made things easy on you. Because uh, I know I did that with my kids, but. But it's a much different situation. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Trevor, you got to find a way to gain your confidence. And because uh, we all do, we all have to have a certain amount of confidence and a willingness to speak out, speak our minds. That's what the First Amendment is about. I mean, of course, within reason, uh, so you don't piss off your boss or whatever. But um, in the coming years in this country, if we get past this Donald Trump thing, and we get back on track. You have to understand that the possibility of falling back into something like this is going to be that much easier. So we're going to have to count on the millennials and the Gen Zs to be strong out there. You can't be apathetic and you can't not speak up or be afraid to speak up. You got to be strong and you got to be in their face and you got to keep talking. So you got to take how you feel and you've got to express it. I totally agree. And yeah, I believe like my generation just like stand up and speak their minds. And like I was standing up when like Roe v. Wade was overturned, and like a bunch of millennials, like all over, like I don't know if you saw those protests of all those women like standing up and all those millennials standing up and protesting, like right. my body, my choice. Right. I. I I I was like for I wanted I wanted to support them. I wanted to go out there and get us get a sign that that's that's codified will be late. It's time because I mean like my mom is a labor and delivery nurse, Mike, and yeah. like she sees all kinds of people like druggies, homeless people, prisoners in jail, whatever you name it like trying to have a baby and who knows who got them pregnant, either rapists, sexual incest, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You name it. Like, and they, it's like they're doubting whether to have their baby or to end the baby's life and an abortion. But I mean, I've seen on Facebook and everywhere hundreds or thousands of like, girls who are like pregnant out of a sudden can't go to their local uh, uh, hospital or whatever clinic to have an abortion. They'll have to travel thousands and thousands of miles to another state to get up an abort to have an abortion. And like, <laughs> I feel so sorry for them. Absolutely. Well, you should feel sorry for yourself because you're part of this situation. Here's what you need to understand. The people deciding against abortion who want to outlaw abortion, they're so old, they aren't having kids anymore. They can't, they don't have to decide whether they have abortions. This is going to fall 
on the millennials and the Gen Zs. The people that are taking constitutional rights aren't taking them away from me because I'm not going to have more kids. They're taking it away from you. And hopefully that Mm -hmm. creates a, a grassroots fury in the millennials and the Gen Z's because it is going to affect you and you can't just sit back and let it happen. You got to fight. I, w- I want to like, not physically, but I want to like voice my opinion. And and I'm sure there were people at like uh, Greg Abbott's house <laughs> protesting. Yeah. And I saw uh, earlier today, Mike, uh, that uh, the Uvalde, Uvalde shooting and uh, Texas, there were uh, people bringing like like stuff from the shooting in the Uvalde uh, school. Oh, I can't talk right now. The Uvalde Elementary School, they were bringing stuff from that shooting to Ted Cruz's house. Right. And I'm sure that that was like, there were, and then there was a bunch of uh, parents and some fathers at city council uh, I believe somewhere in Uvalde, to, like tra- pleading and fighting with the council people to speak, to take a stand about like that horrible, horrible shooting that happened. Like I believe when was it last month or so? Yeah, and a couple months. And one of the one, of, yeah, a couple months. One of the thought, well, like some of the people there wanted to talk to Greg Abbott, and Greg Abbott wasn't even there. It was yeah. like. Well, well, with the with, with the protest for the abortions recently, they just showed some last night, I think, where um, where protesters were outside some of the Supreme Court justices. Now, the Supreme Court justices are upset about this because there's protests out in front of their house. They're peaceful protests, and they want something done so these people aren't allowed to protest, which seems ironic to me, given that protesting is amongst our First Amendment right. So now we have the Supreme Court yeah. saying we're special. You don't get your First Amendment right when it comes to us. Everybody else is cool, but not us. And that just puts in question the validity and, and, and the integrity of the whole freaking Supreme Court. Yeah. And and I saw Cory uh, Brooker and Kentanchi Brown Jackson. I I watched that hearing and Cory Booker, I love him. And like, he saw Kanaji Brown Jackson as his own mom. And Cory Booker said that Kanaji Brown deserves to be in the Supreme Court. And I just cannot wait what, to see what she can do. But, like, but she's certainly. <laughs> She's certainly the most qualified candidate to ever enter the Supreme Court. People will argue that, but look at her track record. She certainly was. And she will certainly have an impact on the Supreme Court. But unfortunately, we still have a 6-3 split. It doesn't change uh, the power structure currently in the Supreme Court. We've got six conservatives. Three or four of them aren't even qualified to be in the Supreme Court. And Katanji Brown will yeah. bring another another energy to the Supreme Court, but unfortunately more has to be done to fix the Supreme Court because it's severely broken. Yeah. One of my, like, uh, one of my dad's co-workers, he's a truck driver. I talk politics to him, like, all the time when he's joking around. 
And he, he was like, we should expand the Supreme Court and Joe Biden should bring in more Supreme Court justices. Like, but that was just his opinion. Like, so I think it's true, though. They, they should expand the Supreme Court. We've talked about this before. Uh, when they decided to have nine justices, that's because there were nine circuit courts. Well, there's now 13 circuit courts, so it only makes sense, and it can be justified by having 13 justices. Yeah. So so they should add four more uh, Supreme Court justices, which could kind of balance things out there. I don't, I don't think there should be one side, Democrat or Republican, that had, should have a vast majority. I think it should be equal so we can decide things based on the law as opposed to, you know, a partisan opinion or ideology. And that's unfortunately what we have now. We have a Supreme Court that nobody trusts, very few people like, because they have a very uh, one-sided ideology, and it's not about law. It's about their fucking personal opinion. Does that make you nervous at all as a millennial? Does that make you nervous that our Supreme Court is virtually invalid at this point? One third of our branches of government really are broken as a millennial. Does that concern you? Oh, yeah. Especially. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Especially with like, like Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett and Clarence Thomas. And I know that you, that like you talked about Clarence Thomas and his wife being part of the January 6th riot. And absolutely. And I, 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 I don't know what, which podcast you talked about, but I, I'm, I remember you talking about him, Clarence Thomas and like him, like not even belonging in that Supreme Court. It was like, and I'm, and, I, and he's been in the Supreme Court for like longer than I can even remember, I believe. <laughs> One of the things that troubles me about our government generally, and I think this has been a problem for a long time, but it's just now coming to the surface and just now being exposed, whether we're talking about the Supreme Court or the insurrectionist in Congress or somebody like Donald Trump and his administration in, in the White House for those four years. This government, to me, from all we see, seems horrifically corrupt now i don't think oh, that yeah. this, i don't think this is new i just think it's become a come apparent to us now because of all that's happened i'll be right back on every show i tell you that if you have questions comments or complaints just reach out to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com those emails come directly to me and your input is crucial to this show The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that's not to suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I am not. I am simply a Rational Boomer. All of you are Rational Boomers. Anybody of a like mind is a Rational Boomer. Strength comes in numbers and not through an individual. You have perceptions and insights that may have never occurred to me. This isn't a show about me. This is a show about us and gaining a voice in this country. There's 70 million baby boomers in this country. Yeah, I know the younger folks would prefer to push us aside. Every generation has done that. But we are a formidable force if we can get together and speak in one voice. This is why I encourage you to let your friends and family know about the Rational Boomer podcast, not to satisfy my ego, but to give us more power, a stronger voice to help right this ship we call the United States of America. 
Lastly, I'm offering the opportunity for my listeners to be on the show. Now, it could be two minutes, it could be a half hour, it could be the whole fucking show. I'd much rather have you on the show than somebody pimping a podcast or a book. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you know. The Rational Boomer Podcast is all about us. All right, Trevor, I know you were concerned about the and literally worried about the prospect of Donald Trump becoming president. Joe Biden wins. He's in office. What do you think so far now that he's been in office for two years? What what are you thinking about Joe Biden? Uh, He's a good president. and I know that a lot of people have different views about his like. What the work, the amount of work he's done, and his age, and his <clears throat> constant stuttering problem. But like, yeah, I didn't have any, I didn't have anything wrong, like wrong about his the way he speaks or the way he uh, stutters. Like, I mean, we have our own ways of communicating. So, well, and, it, you know, any more than somebody should hold you having ADHD or stuttering or whatever everybody's got something that limits them to a certain extent. We should never focus on those sorts of things. Joe Biden is a smart guy. He's been in Congress a long yeah, time. He is. He's the right guy. He was the right guy to beat Donald Trump in 2020. Unfortunately, yeah. right, right now we've got a, a Senate and a Congress that is just too close where nothing can get done. And here's what I would like to see out of Joe Biden. I'd like to see a little more fight. He is the most powerful man in the world. He could be a little stronger out there. Now, I'm not going to fault him for his style. He is who he is. But the country needs a champion right now. And I don't think Biden is that champion. He'll do fine between now and 2024. But I I don't see him running again in 24 because of his age and because of just how he's perceived as a president. What do you think? Do you think he would run again, or, or are you thinking uh, that someone else might be in order to be president in 2024? Because honestly, I don't think the Republicans have a fucking prayer. But go ahead. Oh, they don't. No, um, they don't. I was, I was in, I was uh, having Jerson, my dad, one of his suppliers in, that lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, his, or her wife. My suppliers, my dad's supplier's husband was in the uh, entertainment business, and we were talking about like possible like candidates for president in twenty twenty four. And I yeah. brought up AOC, AOC, Alexander Ocasio Cortez, and since she's in the House of Representatives and has done great things, and with like a lot of people, like the way she has she her demeanor and her uh the way she fights for what she believes in and i watched her documentary on netflix and how she uh grew up in brooklyn worked with her family in the, the restaurant business for the rest, right. uh, restaurant somewhere in brooklyn and her rise up to become elected in the house of representatives and how she has like gained a huge fan base between in the Mexican uh, community and girls and everybody. And like, well, well, the thing I is, would, AOC is a very bright woman. She's a very articulate yeah. woman. She's a very smart woman. And she might very well be a good president at some point. My only concern about 
2024 is she will just be old enough, like within days, just be old enough to actually legally run for president. The other thing you got to consider is that she's a progressive and I'm all for progressives. I think we need a progressive to pull everything back from the far right and try to find the middle someplace. The question is, is the country ready to vote for a progressive? Uh, Because that's way farther left than, you know, Joe Biden or somebody else. That's the only question I would have, whether or not AOC would be ready in 2024, maybe 2028. I don't know. Uh, I think she has the wherewithal to be uh, a president. I'm just not sure if it's that quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I she I watched a video with her and uh, Stephen Colbert and Stephen Colbert brought up the idea of like whether AOC would be president and she's like I forgot what she said but uh going back to what she said you said she will be slightly be of age in two years so right uh, she's got to be 35 and and she'll be just turning 35 yeah and she just got engaged to her fiance so (laughs) well I've always said that uh, the era of the old white man should be over. And I honestly think that, oh, Joe, yeah. that Joe Biden shouldn't run. I think Bernie Sanders is too old. I think there's a lot of older white men that should just step aside and let the people that are younger, not that much younger necessarily, somebody like a Cory yeah. Booker or Eric Swalwell or Katie Porter or somebody like that should run. Because really, you know, we old white people, don't know what's in store for you millennials. You should have millennials deciding your future and your destiny. We have no business deciding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we should have some like young, young blood in the White House, so to speak. Like I, I, I totally agree. I mean, we are um, where we are because of old white men. That should be enough yeah. evidence for us to say, well, <laughs> let's fucking stop doing that. And uh, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully you, 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 you millennials will be in a position to grab hold of the reins and uh, take on the future for yourself. Cause you really need to do that. Are, are you ready to do that though? I mean, let's be, let's be honest, Trevor, you're a pretty soft, oh, yeah. you're a pretty soft spoken but- guy. And uh, a lot of millennials are like you, or there are some that speak out. There's not as many millennials that are loud and obnoxious like me. And sometimes you need those people to to, to uh, stir it up a little bit to get people inspired or excited or currently or, or interested in the current events. And and that's going to that's going to be on the millennials. You're going to have to take the reins and uh, that's not going to be easy because because not only do you have to do the work, but you have to fix the fuck ups that we created and left you with. I mean, I live in a like predominantly white city and the governor that we have now is bisexual. She didn't take good care or, or good control of the COVID pandemic when the entire city was on lockdown and she had to rely on governor Inslee in Seattle. Right. This is like, Oh, I was like, and she was like copycatting the governor in Seattle. Like, Oh, what should I do? Uh, 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 and now there's like, like last year and the year before, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
homeless people all over the the city, tents everywhere, garbage line everywhere, graffiti, like businesses being broken into, glass shattering, and bunch of boarded up businesses and small businesses that were like hurt too. And my my dad's business, like last two years, was hurting. We were like <clears throat> we were struggling for business, but now like. My dad's business is like the last family business in the state of Oregon. So, well, and he's just. Let, let me ask you this: in in Seattle and in Oregon, Oregon, there are a lot of there's a lot of homelessness there. I, I've never been out there. I've had family members go to Seattle. They talked about the homelessness. Well, I don't know anything about Oregon or or Washington. What what do you think is causing this this massive amount of homelessness out in in your area? Well, people think that it's all related to mental health or like drug addiction or uh, people people being evicted out of their homes or or other issues. I don't know. I mean, what are the what, what's the job prospects for you where you are at? Are there opportunities for somebody like you to get a decent job, to pay the bills and do what you got to do to live your life? Is Or is that a tougher situation for you where you're at? Well, I'm a creative writer, digital photographer and graphic designer. So I'm like a creative artist. Okay. So this week, so I love, love, love writing and I love being a, a digital photographer, but like, I studied marketing and sustainability in, in uh, college at a university and in, well, at a local <clears throat> inner city university in Portland, Oregon. Right. And I, I love that university. So, like, I've tried. I got laid off from the federal government for, like, a whole year. Okay. I, I worked for them from, from July 2018 until March 1st of 2019. And my boss was like, on March 1st, you're going to leave. I was like, oh, God. I was like, and I was unemployed. I didn't have a job. And I tried to get back to the government sector. No, they did not want me. I had tried so hard that I went to, been through like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews and like group interviews and they did not want me back. I could just feel their vibe. It's like, do, do, do you think it was was the the state of the department you were uh, uh, you were uh, applying to, or did you think it was more pointed at you? Was it a personal thing that they didn't want you back, or that uh, there just wasn't the jobs, or it was just hard to get a governmental job? Uh, it was, I think it was a hard to get a government job because. They said, "Oh, you weren't the right fit for this job." Right. And like, and I, I knew at the time a bunch of uh, connections in the human resource department, and well, I knew a bunch of people in the uh, HR bureau, so so to speak. And I had multiple information and interviews with them, and I've gained, I like stayed in contact with them, like way before I was laid off, and one of them. She was a black lady called Diane Avery. She said, oh, because of your work ethic and because of your success and your current job, she said that she wanted me permanently in the city of Portland. 
working full time with benefits and not as a temporary employee. I was like, great. <laughs> Let me jump in. Let's clear the water. Water is warm. So what happened? At a time, but did you, did you get, get they, the job? Well, they didn't. I didn't get the job. I and I, I had multiple Zoom meetings with the city. They did not want me, and I was like frustrated. And I, and I also, my dad uh, told me to uh, apply for this uh, DEI diversity inclusion equity uh, volunteer board committee in uh, City Hall where I live at, and uh, I, I. Bob Tupin, oh, I hope uh, he was a city uh, committee member in the city hall, Lagos Vigo. And he was <clears throat> uh, wanted to become the mayor of Lagos Vigo. So I helped him with his graduate campaign. I helped him to get elected as mayor. And I have his thank you letter sitting on my, my bedroom wall. Whenever I get up in the morning, I look at that letter and he said, oh, thank you, Trevor, for all your work you've done. And we have a lot of work to do and blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's like, great. And he was helping his dad with uh, three local restaurants. Two, one of them was a, a brunch or breakfast and lunch restaurant. And the other one's a lunch restaurant. All, all vacation re- restaurants in like so. And then he, he opened up his own coffee restaurant slash uh eco-friendly uh one of those like healthy smoothies and healthy bowls you know right uh, let, let, let me ask you this um now we know there is a shortage of employees there are a lot of places oh. out there that are short employees does that change your prospects as you're looking are you just focusing on governmental jobs have you looked into the private sector at all uh I have worked in the private sector and I'm, I'm talk I'm just have had it with the government sector. There's hardly, there's no way for me to get in there. And, and going back and, uh, kind of, uh, gearing back to what you're saying about the shortage of employees. My dad right now, he's had two people quit his job or his company. One person went to become a purchasing a sensory manager at uh, Fed Myers Kroger's and the other lady, uh, she was having COVID uh, health problems and her her husband was diabetic and her son had other health issues. So she had to quit by email and that caused my dad to be really, really stressful and he my my point my point is 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 with the shortage of employees, and I presume it's similar out there as it is here in every other part of the country. Does yeah. that does that give you more opportunities as you're looking for a job? Are you looking for a job right now? Yeah, I am. And and the shortage of employees like changes my prospect. Like, okay, I I have more leeway to see where I can branch off to. And I know that a lot of people are looking for employees, and I'm willing to work either remotely or in office. I don't mind. I, and if they want to hire me. Okay. So yeah. I, I was just talking to my son about this before my son, my son's a very articulate guy, but he doesn't like to talk a lot. And 
what you okay. have to what you have to understand when you're going for a job and chances are whoever you're talking to is older than you so they aren't of the mindset that you are perception is everything perception is absolutely everything um and so when you go in and talk to these people you have to come off very very uh very confident and very communicative I mean, for me, when I talk to people, the people I can talk to just about anybody, but people that are uncommunicative, I have the most problem with. So when you go into these meetings and you talk to these people, you've got to turn it up a notch. You've got to express some confidence, whether you're confident or not, you've got to give that perception and you've got to talk a lot. I think a lot of millennials have have struggled with the art of inter personal communications, because everything's on text, everything's in games, everything's on the computer. You've got to hone that skill of talking to other people, because that's the only way people can perceive who you are. You can change the perception of what you look like to other people by the way you talk to them. So it's important that you get yourself ready. Anytime you talk to somebody, know exactly what you're talking about, express some confidence, and that's going to help you a lot when it comes to getting a job. There are people out there desperate for good people, and they want to know that these people can interact with the people that already work there. So I'll tell you what I told my son. You got to hone the interpersonal skills. You got to be able to talk. You got to seem confident. And you've got to be relatively articulate if you want them to take you seriously. I'm I'm serious, Trevor. That yeah, that, I know. I, I understand. I understand. I understand. And 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 I can tell by just talking to you. And I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to help you here. You're very yeah, soft, I know. I know. You're very soft spoken, and that's cool. That's cool. But because of your background and 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 your experience in life, you're a little tentative sometimes when we talk here. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. I talk to people of all different styles, but sometimes people take that as he's unsure and people don't like that, that if somebody's unsure. Now, when you got your job and you had a good worth ethic and you did your job, people thought of you just fine. But if they don't know you and they want to put you in a position, they got to feel comfortable before you even prove yourself on the job. So that. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, you're a smart guy and uh, you're a good person and you should be able to fit any jobs that's out there that you're qualified for. But I don't want you to hold yourself back because you're not being as aggressive as you can possibly be. And unfortunately in this world, you got to be aggressive. You got to grab the things you want that you need. They're not going to hand them to you. And this is one thing I've dealt with, with my kids too. They think, Oh, the shit's going to fall in my lap. It's not. You got to be aggressive and go out and grab it. And not everybody is aggressive, but sometimes you got to play the role to get what you want to do uh, in this life. And it, and it's important. It's survival. Yeah, I know. So do it, Trevor. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I, I want to see. I, I want to I, 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 I see you do what you want to do and flourish in that because life can be really good yeah. if. You've gone through some tough things in your life. I know that. I can hear it in your voice, and I can hear it from the stories you told me. Whatever happened in your life in the past, let that shit go. It's over. It's done. Forget about it. It doesn't matter anymore. Today is a new Trevor. Uh, Trevor that uh, 
can stand up, speak out, and go after what he wants. You can make that decision to do that, but you got to train yourself to do it. And I'll tell you how you do it. I'll tell you this story. When I was young, a young man, I was like a lot of young men who had more testosterone than brains. And when something went wrong, I would get mad and I would lose my shit. But after losing my shit numerous times, I realized that I end up worse off because of it. So I rationalized in my mind. I said, well, if I do this and it turns out badly, maybe I should change that. So I did. And what I did is I forced myself to stay calm under every circumstance. And it was hard because I trained myself to lose my shit, but I forced myself to stay calm. Everything worked out better. And after a time, I, it becomes second nature to me. Okay. So I trained myself to be different and I had to train myself to be different because I'd already trained myself to be like I was. So what I'm saying is, if there's something in your life you don't like, you don't feel confident with, or don't, or, or don't think you come up to the standards, that's bullshit. You can change it by forcing yourself to do it and training yourself the other way. What I would tell you is, you're a smart guy. You've got a lot to say. You're articulate. Yeah. Use that to your advantage instead of hiding back in the... Uh, the bushes and, and just saying, well, I don't know if I want to say that. Just fucking say it, Trevor. What you have to say is as important yeah. as anything, anybody else. What you have to say is as important yeah. as anybody else has to say, and you should fucking say it, and you should say it with confidence. Again, I'm not picking on you here. I'm trying to help you like I would with my own kid. I've said the same yeah, thing to my own kid. You know, again, I told you that, you know, it's all about perception. I had a boss one time that said, perception is everything. And that annoyed me. I said, well, what about the real stuff? Well, the real stuff comes later. The perception is the first thing people see in you. And that perception is real to them, regardless of what you do. I mean, for example, Donald Trump is a good example about perception. The man is not smart. The man is not articulate. The man is not a good human being, but he said it loud, he said it entertainingly, and he caught the attention of other people. He was fooling people when he was acting the way he is, because that man is more insecure than either one of us, but he covers it up by being the way he is. So he created this perception of him, enough of a perception to get enough people to vote him as president. He's a perfect example of smoke and mirrors. And there is a certain amount of that. You've got to you've got to stand out, especially if you want a good job. It's one thing to get a job job, but you want to get on a path. You want to get on your career. Get out. Once you get on that path, you just follow that path and it'll take you where you need to end up. Trust me on this. I found that out. So I want you to do that. I want you to be more aggressive and go after shit because, I, you know, I can sense that you're nervous. And I get that. I don't know if it's nervous about being on the show or just nervous or tentative about a lot of things. And I see this on a lot of people and I tell them, God damn it, just grab it. Just go after it. It's maybe not in your nature to do that, then change it because you really have to do it to get what you want. And I want you to get what you want, Trevor. What do you want ultimately? What, yeah. What's your ultimate goal? I mean, you said you're a writer and a photographer. Now, you could do that freelance if you wanted to. 
I don't know if there's any money in doing that, but if you wanted to do yeah. it freelance, you just put yourself out there, make it available. Yeah. Well, I also, uh, also had a, a passion for uh, ceramics. And I, I did that in high school and I also did that at my community college, but at my community college, we only had a certain time frame for our projects. And I ultimately got a C on it class, but whatever. Doesn't really matter to me at that at this time, but it was just a grade. But I would love to like be part of this uh, sustainability field since mm-hmm. my my dad sells uh, like uh, compostable and like uh, USDA certified packaging mm-hmm. that's that's sold to like. Uh, Local customers in Poland, Seattle, uh, uh, and all over, well, mainly the West Coast and some inner city in Poland, Oregon. And we also go to uh, this city that's uh, past uh, Mount Hood, or that's like a skiing area, skiing recreational area in Poland, Oregon. People go skiing, snowboarding, hiking, or, or camping over there. And there's this, like, a ski resort in a uh, city called Ben, Oregon, over there. So we, we sell products like bags and noodles and packaging over there, too. So, yeah. And, like, I, I also like uh, saving the planet. And we, in Portland, Oregon, we recycle and we have, like, Three garbage bins for like garbage recycling and yard debris. So, and like there's a ton of garbage all over the city, and there's we recycle every Monday. So, well, I'll tell you this. I would, let let me tell you this. Everything I've ever got involved in, including uh, TikTok, I knew nothing about. But I went in with confidence and I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And that does work. What you should do, Trevor, is pick pick an area and just go after it. The whole idea of a sustainable society and green energy, that's going to be a hot prospect in the coming years, especially as Democrats take over. If that interests you, you should go after it. Put yourself in a position if you have to volunteer for a time to gain experience, but get yourself in the door and then just follow that path. Find something that you want to do, because you know what? Uh, If you don't take action, you're going to be 40 years old and wonder what the fuck happened. You're too smart to be in that position. What you need to do is you need to pick that one thing and just go full force at it. Do whatever you can to get in it and ride it out, whatever it takes and you will ultimately get to where you want to go if you push. So I'm telling you right now, Trevor, you got to push. You don't sound convinced, Trevor. <laughs> Every time you say that, I keep I keep thinking to myself, <laughs> I felt like a drill sergeant going, "I don't hear you." <laughs> but you, <laughs> but but you, this is really what you got to do, Trevor. You're you're at a spot. You know, one of the yeah, problems, I understand. when you're out of a job, it's tough. I've been there. I've had no job at times. And it's real easy to start feeling sorry for yourself. And it's real easy to uh, just say, fuck it, I give up. It's never going to work. I've been there. 
I had a wife, a kid, and a house. I lost my job. I was looking for another one, and it seemed like nothing was going to work out. But what I found out is if you put your face forward and you keep pushing, eventually something will break loose. And you got to be ready for it. Talk to a lot of people. Go to a lot of places. Stick your nose in every corner that you want to be involved in. And that's what will work for you. I'm going to tell you this, Trevor. In six months, I want you to be on the show again, okay? Six months, I want you to be on the show. And I want you to come on here and I want you to tell me you did something and you pushed it, something that might be out of your comfort zone, but you did do it and you're pushing forward. Doesn't mean you're going to be successful all the time, but you got to make that effort. You got to be push, pushing. You can't be tentative. Yeah, that's the thing. Can you do oh, that? Yeah. So it's July, August, September, November. So December? December. Let's do it in December. Let's talk. Well, about if you that's if you have... Uh, uh, plans with, or Christmas plans with your family or ah, December's a long fucking month. We could do it in <laughs> in November. Dude, I do a show every fucking day. It's not like I'm hard to track down. I know. If, so, if somebody wants to come on the show and talk, no. I'm putting them on the show and talk. So that's no problem. Um, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you're a millennial and you're concerned about the future and that you want to be uh, involved in it, uh, whether it be protesting or what have you, because I think that's absolutely crucial for millennials to step up. They are going to have to step up if this country is going to be saved. It's not going to be the old white men that save this country. It's going to be you. So we really need you to do it. And I'll tell you why I need you to do it. Because I have a granddaughter who's two years old. And if you don't do it, her life is fucked. So I'm counting on you. I'm depending on you to step up and do something. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do it. I, I have, like, I'm uh, a part of this uh, uh, career agency at PSU. And I, uh, she is a career counselor. And uh, I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to, start pushing like no one tomorrow and just absolutely put my nose and anywhere is and then i don't give a fucking shit if people say oh you're not qualified i don't give a fuck <laughs> what they say well i like if those sons of bitches are trouble fucks i'm just gonna tell them to go fuck themselves and i'm just gonna put my goddamn nose anywhere they fucking want to because <laughs> I don't give a motherfucking shit about what they say. All right. Well, I like yeah. the I, I, I like the attitude, but don't use that. Sorry, in sorry for my profanity. That's all right. I swear to. I like the attitude, but don't use that in the interview. <laughs> Show them how smart you are. Show them how confident you are. The you know, telling somebody that you're going for a job for that you don't give a fuck. That's probably not a good idea. But that should be your no, mindset. I, I never you walk in. You walk in. You get rejected. So what? Just move on to the next one. Don't let it bother you. It happens to everybody. Just keep pushing. Uh, but 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 you got to have a fiery attitude. And I like <laughs> I like that we're bringing that out of you. <laughs> it's about damn time, Trevor. So be strong. Be confident. Yeah, and go I, after went, what you I want. went in for a, I went in for a one. I went in for a, a city interview one day. Mike. it was uh, two people or three. I was like. Four person interview, right? 
So I I let them ask their questions to me first, and I had to respond in a professional manner, and I gave them my 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 questions after that uh, after they were done, and then during the interview, like one of the guys on the left hand side of the room had his eyes looking down, and it was like, "Are you being attentive?" Because I I'm very I like attention. I like eye contact. I have to be attentive to me. If you're not looking at me, I'm not looking at you. And he, well, well, I was like, are you looking down? And he was like, no, I thought he was falling asleep. I was like, dude, are you looking at me? But I didn't, I didn't say that because I had to be professional. Right, I, had to right. be, I had to be courteous and respectful of them. But like, I just didn't get that vibe. Let Sorry. me tell you let me tell you something about attention. Attention is crucial. Some people say attention is the currency of today. Attention isn't just going to be given to you. You've got to attract the attention. So whatever it takes to get his attention, you need to do that. Uh don't expect to get it for nothing. You got to give something yeah. to get the attention. And you can do that. You can do that. You don't want to go way crazy and and and, and get militant on people, of course. No. But 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 you but you want to use your voice and your knowledge and your 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 articulation to get their attention, and you can do that by understanding what they want to hear, and then tell them what they yeah. want to hear. Yeah, I I'm just gonna put my foot forward, and if the water is warm, I don't really care. But I'm just gonna push on forward and. I'm just ready to start something new right now. And I'm, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of good waiting for, for months and months and months. And I don't give it. Yeah. Good, good, falling, good, for, so. good for you. You got to push. You got to keep the fire underneath you. And uh, like I said, let's come back in five, six, seven months, whatever works. And uh, I, w- I want to hear how well you yeah, do because okay. I, I, I know you have it in you. It's just a matter of pulling it out of you. And and again, I'm not trying to lecture you here, and I'm not trying to put you down. All That's I'm okay. trying to yeah. all I'm trying to do is set a fire under your backside so that you can realize what you're capable of, and then just let everybody else know. All right, uh, we're we're at the end of the Rational Boomer podcast. We went a little long this time, so. Uh, uh, Trevor, I want to pre- sorry. I want to thank you. No, no, it's not your fault. It's my fault. It's my fucking show. We'll go as long <laughs> as I feel like. Um, uh, but Trevor, I want to thank you for spending time with us. Um, it's always interesting talking to listeners. Everybody's different and everybody has a perspective. And I, I thank you for spending the time and giving us your perspective. Yeah. Thank you for putting me on the show and hearing and sharing information and gain new insights about how I should put my foot forward. <laughs> well, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't intention, I didn't intend to uh, give you this lecture, but I felt compelled to That's do okay. it because you have it in you. Yeah. Somebody's got to bring it out of you. And if I can do it, or if I can at least put you on the right track to have it done, I feel like I accomplished something. And again, like I said before, you're a millennial. We're fucking counting on you. We need you to have some fire and we need you to be confident because you're going to lead this country, not too distant future. So we need you, Trevor. Thank you. Thank all you, right. Mike. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, um, I hope you all have a great day and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.